Yeah, one of the things for me personally that's always really helped, I think to your question, Yona, of like, how do you get motivated or keep the the focus uh, towards success or how do you get in that success mindset? And I, I'm a firm adherent to the Stoic philosophy and this idea of memento mori. So that is, you know, they would carry around this coin with a, a skull and death on the one side, memento mori on the other side, which means just to remember death and the, the fact that, you know, this isn't going to last one way or the other, like you're choosing the path that you're on right now. And if you're not happy with that path, get off the path, go to a different path and find happiness there. But just realize that none of this lasts. And when you can frame things in that mindset, then you realize you don't have a lot of time to waste unless that's what you want to do. And so make your make your decisions with intentionality and keep in mind, what's my outcome? What am I desiring here? And if you keep that at the forefront of your mind, you know, even in those times when you're getting low on psych or motivation, I find that's really helpful for me to to get my, my engines revved back up. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss, and today we have a special interview because this is our first ever duo interview. That's right. We have not one, but two guests on the show today, and I think it's really appropriate because Dan and Anthony, as we'll talk about today, are duo hosts because they host their own podcast, right? Uh, The weekly multifamily roundtable and also multifamily investing made simple. So those are two different things there. I lumped them together. One is a podcast and one is a weekly meetup YouTube video they put out. It's a great kind of webinar platform that I was a guest on also. And I think you guys should check that out. We'll put the links in the show notes for all this stuff here. Dan, Anthony, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having us. I'm doing great. Yeah. Just so your audience knows, Yona, you you were on our shows, both of our shows, and brought so much value that we had to bring you to the other show. And your show goes live tomorrow. So whenever this is going live, this is like way off into the future. So this means nothing to the audience. But just so you know, Yona, he's a great guy putting on a ton of great content. He's everywhere. Well, they know that because they're listening to this. And I thank Old you news. if you are listening to this. No, this is awesome. I appreciate you guys for having me on your show. And I, I uh, yeah, we will, we'll check that out. We'll make sure to put that in the notes over there. And you guys are multifamily investors. You just closed the deal. Again, this is, co- is going to air like months from, from when we're actually recording this. But you just closed a great deal. And um, you guys are, you know, heading up. Based in Minneapolis, Minnesota area. Mm-hmm. And... You have just co-authored your first book called Passive Investing Made Simple. Why don't you sort of tell us a little bit about what went into that, uh, where you came up with the idea, and you know what drove you to, to write a book about passive investing made simple? So from the start, I would say there's a lot of resources out there for active investors, people who want to be doing what we're doing. When you Google real estate investing or multifamily investing, most of the things that pop up are, you know, the Jake and Gino groups or the Rod Cleves or the Michael Blancs, like these programs that can teach you how to 
be an active investor, go buy these buildings, how to syndicate them and all that. But there isn't a ton of information out there for people that are just interested in passive investing. They have maybe heard through the grapevine, hey, this is an option. People talk about syndications and passive investing, but I don't really know what that means. And so we wanted to create a resource that could take somebody who has no idea what this is, this concept of passive investing in a syndication, walk them through all the steps from vetting operators to vetting markets and looking at deals and, and then understanding the process of how do you actually fund this thing? What's that look like? So that we can demystify a lot of the process and make them comfortable with the idea of, hey, maybe this is a route for me. So that was really the impetus. Everything that we do in terms of content uh, with the podcast and the book is really geared towards how can we help educate people that just don't have any knowledge in this industry? Because it's such a great industry. It, we've all been so you know blessed by everything that you know we've been able to achieve in this space that we want to spread that to as many people as possible. Sure. And multifamily is an awesome space. And I think what you're doing is reaching out you know, well beyond this industry because passive investors can be from any industry, right? They're doctors or, or lawyers or IT professionals or anyone in between that just want to place their money with someone like yourselves who can, you know, grow that investment in a relatively risk tolerant uh, environment. So, yeah, the way we, we like to talk about that is, you know, there's all these people out there that are working hard for their money and they're putting into their 401k and then that goes and they're passively investing that one way or the other. They're passively investing it into the stock market or, you know, an index fund, things that they don't have any control over. And maybe they don't have a lot of knowledge over either, but it's the thing that everybody talks about and says, this is what you do. And so they just go and do that thing. And there's not, a, there hasn't been a ton of information for people to say, Hey, you know, actually you could put your money into real estate. Here's how. And once people, that light bulb comes on, they go, Oh, wow, this is, is amazing. This is incredibly powerful. So that's, you know, that's kind of what we're geared towards is how do we get people out of the stock market and realize yeah. that there's other options out there? Yeah, that's awesome. And Dan, let's hear from you a little bit. Uh, we heard from, from Anthony about that. I want to hear how you got involved and, you know, not just in real estate in general, but in creating this partnership and specifically focused in Minneapolis, right? Uh, in yeah. the surrounding areas. So let's hear, let's yes. hear about that. So Invictus Capital, the, uh, the company that Anthony and I formed together was actually the product of just good old fashioned networking, you know, going out there and getting in, going to events and just meeting people. And uh, that's where we, that's where we met initially. You know, you can't really do that as much these days. Everything's virtual, but you know, back in 2019, there was just, uh, you know, events all over the place. It was an excuse to take a little trip and go meet some new people. And so we met uh, at one of those events. And initially it was just kind of um, the usual kind of networking conversation you have with someone like, yeah, let's follow up, grab coffee, kind of keep chatting. And, you know, we did that a few times. And then after a couple of weeks of connecting more than a handful of times, we, we started to realize that we had offsetting skill sets, uh, but we also had pretty much the same uh, end goals that we were going for. So we have the same goals, we have offsetting skill sets. So we kind of complement each other really well and ended up working together really easily. So, you know, our partnership just kind of popped up organically. And you'll hear people talk about it on podcasts all the time. You know, this is a relationship business. And, you know, the more people you know, the better you're going to do. And teaming up with uh, someone like Anthony has just really accelerated everything that we uh, individually were doing on our own before. When we kind of joined forces, things just kind of shot off. And it's been going great so far. 
That's awesome. I mean, so much so you guys are hosting a podcast together. You guys are mm-hmm. guesting on podcasts together. I mean, you guys, I think that's really great. You don't find a lot of that in our industry, even though a lot of, you know, partnerships exist out there. But I think what you guys are doing is is kind of unique in that regard. So I think and we have a team uh, uniform. It's a black v-neck tee. Pretty yeah. Good. Yeah, no, obviously, you guys, Anthony's rocking it. Today. For our listeners at home, they they maybe can't see that, but we we always dress identically. <laughs> it wasn't discussed; it just kept happening over and over again. And now it's just a thing. Uh, that's awesome. What's been, uh, Anthony? What's been the biggest challenge for you guys? You know, in the multifamily space recently. You know, it's been they've been the challenges have been they've always been there, but they've been changing a lot over the past twelve months. I would say when we first kind of joined forces, we were struggling to find deal flow. This is like end of 2019, pre-COVID. Deal flow was a a little bit of a struggle for us. Then going into COVID, you know, obviously everything kind of stopped. Post-COVID, deal flow is through the roof for us now. Now it's a matter of connecting with great uh, partners and uh, investor partners to work with. So, you know, just challenges kind of shift. They're always there. But um, I'd say that probably kind of sums up the last... 12 months or so for us. That's cool. So deal flow has not been a problem for you guys recently. Do you think that's, that's going to continue that in that regard for, for the foreseeable future? I think from like a macroeconomic perspective, we just see that getting better going into next year. I think there's some, still some turmoil out there and there's some people with some debt maturing at some less than ideal times. And there's probably going to be some opportunities uh, for guys like us who are heavily in growth mode and aren't over levered. Not that I want there to be any kind of you know downturn in the market, but the way things are looking, it's probably going to start to get easier rather than harder as far as finding deals go. Invictus Capital, what's what's behind that? Give me just give us the the rundown and where that came from. <laughs> I'll take that one, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it was a so, windy road. It was a windy road. So we we like to talk about we fail our way to success. We're all about micro failures lead to macro successes, and this was a a, a perfect case in point of that. So when we first launched our partnership, we were actually Veritas Capital for exactly one day. We announced to the world, we are Veritas Capital, we are here. And then there was another Veritas Capital out there who reached out that same day and said, wait a minute. They hit us with a lawsuit and said, stop that. We said, okay. So there's a little bit of lesson there to be learned about doing your due diligence, make sure you're working with attorneys to, to vet these things. But our backup name that we had was Invictus Capital and Invictus seemed appropriate at that moment because the root of that word, it means unbeatable or, you know, not to be beaten. So for us, you know, to take that punch on the face and keep rolling with it, because effectively what that meant was we announced to the world, hey, we're Veritas Capital. And then later that week, we had to come back and be like, just kidding. And that, you know, you have to swallow a little bit of crow there, but we, we made the best of it. So that's awesome. That's a great story. And, and I think that that really does tell the, uh, the story behind what that name is all about, like you said. Like just just keep going. The struggles, mm-hmm. the struggles are real, and in real estate investing, the struggles are real, right? You, you have deals, you know. I don't know how many deals I've seen in my lifetime that have not gone through. You know, things come up the way you didn't imagine them to be, and so it's amazing because that really tells the story. It doesn't matter. You have to have that drive, that perseverance, and just overcome that. Mm-hmm. As entrepreneurs yeah, in general, like that's really what it's all about. 
it, yeah. And within real estate, you know, I'll share this story. Our last deal, you know, just closed this last week for us, but in the future, that'll be months away uh, when this finally goes live. But have that, another that one. Closing, that yeah, we'll probably have another one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but this one, you know, the closing got pushed three times and it was never in jeopardy of the deal falling apart. But, you know, whenever something doesn't go smoothly and go to plan, you can react in one of two ways. You can either fall apart and complain and cry about that, or you can just say, okay, we're moving forward. This is now the new reality. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners and real estate investors had to face that reality with COVID and say, this, the world isn't the same as it was before. We can either sit and complain about the fact that it's not what it was in 2019, or we can pivot, we can adapt our business plan and we can continue moving forward. Right, I think it's a, it's a really great point. You know, I want to I want to kind of deep dive a little bit into something that you guys talk a lot about on you know your webinars. You guys are talking about you know, it's a roundtable discussion, but you bring in people, you bring in guests that and we discussed this a little bit, just about the mindset of investing, the mindset of real estate in general, and I think that speaks to to who you guys are and to what you founded. What are some of those things that kind of drive you and uh, get you into that mindset that, that make you succeed? You know, I think to, uh, to the point we just made there, that, that kind of not giving up when problems arise and just pivoting and, and being almost like a bullheaded and stubborn where you just, where most people would say, okay, screw it. This is too much work. There's too many things are happening. There's too many zeros and commas in these numbers. I'm overwhelmed. Where most people would, would get frustrated and stop People that do well in this business don't to the point where it's like you know, counterproductive in other aspects of their lives. And, you know, other things get shortchanged just because in the, in the heat of the moment when you're closing, it's kind of like this, you're at the final stretch of a race and you're sprinting towards the end. And it's just like, you've got to basically just be running on fumes just to push it across the finish line. And the last week on that deal that we just did was extremely exhausting with all the, the things that popped up and all the running around and coordinating. And as the guys putting the, the deal together, you've got to be the one prodding and corralling everybody and, and making sure it gets done. So you've got to be someone who doesn't mind picking up other people's slack, quote unquote, and just mm -hmm. taking responsibility for like eight different parties and making sure everyone gets to the finish line. So if you're the type of person that doesn't like to just jump in and take control and responsibility for that type of stuff, you're probably going to struggle in the industry but if you're that type of person that actually likes it then you'll do quite well that makes uh, sense was this something that you guys had going on in, in previous i mean obviously you weren't real estate investors forever you just started in the past few years you know doing this but you know was it something that you had in your previous careers that yeah this behavior is consistent for both of us and pretty much anything we do uh we i could speak for i think a little bit on this probably and definitely for myself i approach most things that i do uh, with a bit of an addictive personality. So anything I do just gets done 110%. So I just make sure that I'm focusing on doing things that are good and productive as opposed to, you know, other bad habits. But, you know, for me, that's, that's something that's always been there. I just need to make sure that to direct that personality trait towards positive things. So mm -hmm. works great in business and real estate. Uh, if you like to drink a lot, that, that same personality trait might be a little <laughs> dangerous but just keep on positive things it. like health and wellness and creating wealth and it, sh it should work out for you mm -hmm. right yeah one of the things for me personally that's always really helped i think to your question yona of like how do you get motivated or keep the the focus uh towards success or how do you get in that success mindset and 
I, I'm a firm adherent to the Stoic philosophy and this idea of memento mori. So that is, you know, they would carry around this coin with a, a skull and death on the one side, memento mori on the other side, which means just to remember death and the, the fact that, you know, this isn't going to last one way or the other. Like you're choosing the path that you're on right now. And if you're not happy with that path, get off the path, go to a different path and find happiness there. But just realize that none of this lasts. And when you can frame things in that mindset, then you realize you don't have a lot of time to waste unless that's what you want to do. And so make your, make your decisions with intentionality and keep in mind, what's my outcome? What am I desiring here? And if you keep that at the forefront of your mind, you know, even in those times when you're getting low on psych or motivation, I find that's really helpful for me to, to get my, my engines revved back up. Absolutely. You know, and that, that really speaks to, you know, who, who you are, you know, that, that to me says more about a person than, you know, if someone can talk about death and about, you know, re the reality of this world and to realize, you know, for example, for me, the, um, you know, a very religious person, I read the Bible, right, a lot and study these kind of things, you know, e Ecclesiastes, right, it's one of the best, my favorite books, right, and there he talks all about how, you know, King Solomon, the wisest of all men, like, life is short, right? <laughs> there's, mm -hmm. there's only, you know, and, and all of the things that people are, the majority of people are chasing in this world, like riches and wealth and cars and girls and whatever it is that people are, you know, it's all futile. It, it does mm -hmm. not last. It will not go with you to the grave. And someone that can recognize that and talk about that and that drive them to do productive things, like that says a lot about a person. Yeah, because you can either go one of two ways, right? You can either be depressed by that fact that things don't last and that you're not going to last and you can fall into this nihilistic phase or you can use that as fuel and say, hey, I only have this little bit of time left. Let's, let's go make the most of it. Yeah, and not just, you know, what can I get out of this world, but what can I leave over as a legacy yes. and, and how, what can I do to change the world? What can I do to, you know, to change the people around me? And I think real estate has a great, you know, it's talked a lot about how we're helping the communities that we're in. And I think it's great that you guys are specifically focused on the community, the market that you guys are in, because that allows you to really, you know, grow within that community and give back to where you come from, where a lot of people uh, focus out of state. So, you know, maybe touch on that for a second. What, what kind of drove you to focus or hyper-focus on the local market that you guys are in? Yeah, I think for myself, I started, like I said before, Anthony and I both started in real estate independently, then kind of joined forces. So so when I started in uh, January 2018, I was of the mindset that I just wanted to do everything myself because I'm a, a bit of a, a control freak with, with things like this. So I didn't want to, I wouldn't have been comfortable uh, investing in a state because I like the idea of knowing that if anything happens, I can go drive over to this property and take care of it. So on my very first property, that was I didn't even consider anything that was out of state. And then once we start to kind of develop a portfolio in a specific area, then it just makes a lot more sense since we're a vertically integrated company with management in-house and maintenance in-house uh, for logistical reasons, keeping things kind of in this neighborhood. And then to your point, when you, uh, you know, actually live in an area, you can kind of appreciate the things you're buying, take pride in them, be able to drive by them. And uh, there's an extra incentive to kind of uh, invest into the, the place that you live. And then for us, you know, as far as just deal flow, if we get really networked in with the brokers in the area and all the, the owners, we're usually going to be the first ones that, that hear about deals as opposed to the guys out on the East Coast or the West Coast. So, 
That makes sense. That's that's a very good point, right? When you have that local, uh, you can drive over, take the guy out yep. to coffee, uh, you know, buy him a buy him a nice gift or something and drop it off at the <laughs> office. That exactly. Puts you on the top of the list of the brokers and, and the yep. sellers also for that matter, right? Everybody, yeah. It's just uh, once you have those relationships formed and it's face-to-face, I mean, you know, we, Anthony and I say all the time, there's this guy in Val Ravikant who says, you know, play long-term game, play long-term games with long-term people. And that really means like finding a small group of people that you can know, like, and trust and transact with over long periods of time. And if you're able to do that, you don't really need to go outside your little area. You know, it's, it's only a handful of people in this area who are doing the most of the transactions. So you can kind of mm-hmm. insert yourself there, just be in that little ecosystem and you don't need to spread yourself thin all over the U.S. That's very true. I agree with that. I, we interviewed on this uh, show Ivan Barrett, who's, uh, I don't know if you know Barrett, Asset Management, uh, one of our first guests on this podcast, and he's in Indianapolis. And I think it has a similar kind of, in terms of Minneapolis, Indianapolis, not mm-hmm. just the names, but, <laughs> but you know, the size and the kind of demographics of the populations and what's there in terms of the types of properties are out there. And he was able to, to grow his company and property management company to that size where he's at, you know, thousands of units already because he's you know, hyper-focused in that neighborhood. And I think mm-hmm. it gives you a, a tremendous advantage to doing that and growing, you know, especially yeah. now. We're also lucky to be located in a good market. You know, I should say that we're not doing it in our own market because just because it's our own market, it happens to be a really good market too. So, you know, we have that in our favor. You know, it's, it's probably a different story for people who are living in Manhattan and right. San Francisco. They might, you know, I, I wouldn't suggest sacrificing a good deal to invest in a you know hyperinflated market just because that's where you happen to be. But mm-hmm. you know. absolutely no that that does uh, speak that speaks volumes because you know you have that it's it's really a it's a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. because you, yeah, you are there and you are in agreement. That's right. That's right. So I want to you know just before we jump into the final four because you know we are running out of time here, but I do want to kind of switch gears a little bit and see if you guys could you know pick one thing that you could change in terms of your dynamic you know between the two i'm gonna get i'm gonna get real uh you know (laughs) real personal over here right (laughs) all right and and we're we're not live but uh we could delete this if if you want to but (laughs) if it gets if it gets a little out of control here dan and i are about to go into couples therapy here yeah Yeah, exactly that's what we signed up for but Mm -hmm. that's that's what i'm here for this is uh i've got a lot of notes (laughs) so let's get into it well i would say uh, I'm not sure if this really answers your question, but for me, it kind of pops to mind just because we've been discussing it lately with discussing our goals for 2021 and how we're growing and what we're doing next. And currently we office independently. So the low hanging fruit for that answer would probably be upgrading our facilities in the next year so that we're actually, you know, in one place. We both like to work independently and have our own little caves to crawl into. So we'll still have you know, we're not going to be sitting in the exact same office, but uh, being in the same building, I think, is going to be something that'll just uh, improve things going forward operationally for us. Sure. So. And I'm sure, you, you know, as you grow, you'll, you'll probably take on more employees so that it will probably <laughs> help with that. This is funny because it's going to sound like I'm just copying Dan, but that was exactly what I was going to say as well, is just the, the fact that we're not uh, physically in the same area as often. We, we get together and we meet in person often, but I think that's the one area that I, it's funny that it just shows that we're kind of in alignment from a partnership standpoint there that we're thinking on that same front. But yeah, if we, if 
if you can get in closer proximity to one another, then you can move much faster. And we already move really, really fast. And so we're both excited. Okay, how do we bring these facilities in so we can move even faster? <laughs> so if anyone listening has a mixed-use property in Minneapolis <laughs> and St. Paul, multifamily on top, commercial space for our office on the bottom, give us a call. Thank you. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Hopefully, so, we'll have that. This will air in you know, that, next if, year sometime. If, so that should sometime, well. Yeah. well. We'll get this. We'll get this out there sooner than later. So <laughs> just for you guys, I want to make sure that the, uh, the environment. We got to get a. We got to get a new home. <laughs> we got to get you guys. Uh, you know, working working together already. So let's let's do that. Let's jump into the final four. And this final four is going to be a little bit different because obviously we have two guests. Even though you're kind of one, and we'll see. Uh, I might have to, you know have you guys go into separate rooms so that I can ask you separately, you know, like the, uh, the newlywed game, you know, see, I can take the headphones <laughs> up if you want. Maybe we'll do that. Yes. You know, let's see if you can guess what Anthony's answer is going to be, Dan. No, oh, I that'd think, be, that'd be hard. That it would. I could okay. maybe name, I could probably get a couple of these questions. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right. So we're going to, we're not, we're not going to do that. Let's just jump in. So Dan, I'm going to ask you first. First question is what is the worst job that you ever had? I would say, so I've never had like one of those like nightmare jobs where you're like, you know, doing something disgusting. I bagged groceries. I've worked in kitchens and then uh, did some retail and then went into the corporate world. And so my last job in the corporate world, I was working in finance as an analyst. And I'd say that was probably uh, the worst one, not because it was a bad job. The people I worked with were great, but that was the place where I started to realize that I was a, a square peg trying to fit into a round hole and I wasn't in the right place. And it wasn't right away where I made the connection to real estate that was going to be my thing. So there was this kind of period from when I realized this isn't where I want to be to where I kind of figured out where it was going. That was very stressful. So it was a great job. Everyone I worked with was great, but I kind of realized that I was in the wrong spot and that was a very stressful period, but it all worked out. All right. And Anthony, what about you? Worst job ever? Worst job ever. By far, I worked landscaping for a summer in college. And the thing about me that you have to understand is that I am not good with my hands. Like Dan and I joke, I can swing a hammer, but I can't hit the nail. And that's true <laughs> in landscaping. And my foreman recognized that really quickly, really early on, that my only skill that I had to bring to the team was as a beast of burden. And so he would have me just like digging holes and then filling the holes with nothing. Just He's like, just go over there, dig a hole. He'd come back four hours later. He's like, okay, fill that hole. And I, I, that was an actual story that he had me do. And I was like, huh, okay. I've just realized my worth to the team extends no further than just digging and filling the same hole all day. <laughs> but you looked busy. <laughs> I looked busy. Yeah. And I mean, I still had a job and that's the thing. Like he didn't fire me. He just recognized I wasn't super helpful. So he just kept me out of the way and, you know, dig that hole. I can dig that hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm awesome. glad you found me calling in something more, uh, more productive. <laughs> Better use of my skills, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we're going to get back to that uh, shortly. But second question, what's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? So Anthony, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, the book that I gift and recommend the most frequently is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I think that book is incredibly powerful. I mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm you know, a big proponent of the Stoic philosophy, and he 
it's so interesting to read the journal, the diary, and the mindset of a of the guy who was, you know, running the the world at that point. He was emperor and had it all. And he wasn't writing for an audience. He was just writing for himself. And so you get this glimpse into the mind of a guy who's really just wrestling with all the same questions that I'm wrestling with here, you know, thousands of years later, and I'm not an emperor. And so it's just, it's fascinating. I think it's a timeless read. I recommend it to anybody. That's awesome. What about you, Dan? Paradigm uh, shift. I'm going to say there's been so many good books I've read recently, but I'd say the one that probably had a, a really kind of noteworthy impact on my on my paradigm would be The One Thing. Mm. Now, all the stuff that's been talked about in that book, I've, I'd heard before, but for whatever reason, when I read that book, I actually started to become much more cognizant of what like the big movers and shakers were in my life as far as things to prioritize. So even though things might not be that urgent, things like going to networking events, there are things you can kick the can down the road on. Okay. I think those types of things, making sure I, I don't get caught up answering emails and putting out fires and prioritizing my time to go to and do things like that, because those things pay huge dividends long term, but they aren't, they're not urgent. So they're easy to kind of fall by the wayside mm -hmm. and you just spend your day, you know, looking at all your emails. So I think that book kind of really for whatever reason, flip the switch where I started focusing on, okay, what's the big stuff that's not urgent, but needs to be done and, you know, produce a good partnership and, you know, all the good things that have happened lately have been a result of us prioritizing those, those things that really move the needle forward for our business, but aren't necessarily the most urgent items on the to-do list. That's great. Yeah, that's a great book. And, and I think the, the thing that you, you know, mentioned of the priorities in terms of the networking events, I think that's, that's a great one because, something that a lot of people neglect. And you're, you know, I say at the beginning of this podcast every week, and you didn't hear it because it's, it's pre-recorded and it just gets edited into there, but it's that your network is your net worth, right? That's, and that's how I really feel. And you know, the fact that we're, we're able to, to meet together you know, through this is incredible because I, I, you know, I value you guys, I value you guys' time. And so many people like that, that you don't realize how you can create those relationships just by investing the time into those, you know, networking events or, or, or things like that. And even though now you can't really do it in person as much, there's so many things going on in Zoom, right? Uh, we have this weekly virtual uh, real estate meetup, right? You guys get your roundtable that you guys are doing every week. And there's so many opportunities for, for people to still network, even in this current environment that, I, you know, I think that was a great uh, you know, point that you brought out that one thing, even that may not have been your one thing, but I think it was a great example. Anthony, we're going to go back to you to skills because obviously you had a uh, trouble with your skills yeah. in your first job and <laughs> your worst job. But <laughs> our question that we always ask is what is the skill or talent that you would like to learn? I think I would really like to become a better photographer. I'm not a visual thinker. I think in words, I'm a writer and I always have admired people who are able to capture a moment in time in a visual way. Uh, it could be, you know, just this water bottle on the desk, but you capture it in a way that's unique and it it's timeless. And I think that's a, a really cool skill that some people have. So I'm going to go with photography. Very good. Dan, what you'd like to learn? I'm going to say to get more comfortable speaking other languages mm. so that when I travel, I can actually talk to people and not sound like a buffoon. So I was in uh, Europe last, well, actually almost two years ago now, and I took German for, I can't even count how many years, 
but we had a layover in Germany. I sat and I tried to order something at a restaurant that just failed miserably. I was like, I, let's just do English. It's, <laughs> I didn't retain anything from high school German class. So it'd be cool to, you know, learn a few languages and actually be able to kind of talk uh, to people a little bit when I'm traveling and not just be one of the dumb Americans who mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone has to adapt for when I'm out. That's a, that's a good one. Languages are good. Okay. Fourth and final question, guys, what does success mean to you? We'll start with Anthony. That's such a hard question. I think for me at the end of the day, it comes down to happiness and peace, like peace of mind. If, if you have like a peaceful mind and it's not too chaotic and you're happy, just generally, and you're happy in any moment, then it, the accolades, the acquisitions, the accomplishments, they don't really mean anything. They're great, but they're, you know, you, you can do without them. People have achieved happiness without those things too. So I try not to put too many external or too much uh, uh, value on an external reward or uh, event. And I try to say, okay, am I happy and peaceful with myself? Could I just sit with myself for an afternoon and be happy and find peace in that? Then that's success. Awesome. I was going to say happiness as well. Anthony Stores. I'm still going to say it because I feel like that is a good answer. But, <laughs> but then the one I'll throw in off the cuff will be if, if all I do is one up Anthony in any <laughs> given scenario, I'm, I could, would consider myself successful. So just one upping him in, every <laughs> in, 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 in everything. Everything. Yes. That's fair. I mean, I, I would be super psyched if that'd be great. Surround yourself with people who are better than you so you can, they elevate you to their level. But to, on the happiness front, you know, Dan mentioned that we're a big fan of Naval Ravikant. And he has a phrase that is happiness is a choice and a skill. And I, I, I do believe in that. So happiness is a choice that you get to make that decision from a moment to moment basis. If you're in the middle of a, of a, a heated deal or negotiation and it's not going well and you're just getting frustrated or you're at your wits end. Just remember happiness is a choice. You put yourself in that, in that place at that time and you can remove yourself if you want to, if that would bring you more happiness or you can, right. you can stay and realign your, your perspective. So. Absolutely. That's great. I love that. That's a great quote. Uh, well, with that uh, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? Yeah, so uh, find us over at InvictusMultifamily.com. Right now, we have a free uh, ebook over there all about the quick start guide to passive investing in multifamily. So like I mentioned at the start of the show, we're all about trying to educate people who are just learning about real estate for the first time. They're interested in getting their money out of the stock market or investing into these private placements. And so that guide is a 22-page guide that's going to walk you from beginning to end and hopefully get you a little bit more comfortable with the whole concept. So uh, go, go over there and get that for free. There's also, should we say that there's going to be a link in the show notes for our book because this will probably be out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the the book will be out. So we're recording this at the end of November and the book will be going live in December, the passive investing made Mm. simple. So yeah, we can maybe hopefully time for the holidays. That's right. All right. We'll make sure (laughs) to get it out uh, before we can. So let's do that. Thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys joining us. And once again, to our listeners, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this 
podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.